Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is December the 11th, 2022. Hopefully this podcast episode finds you well in good spirits, high hopes, all that good jazz. Um, Let's see. I can direct you to straight to the food corner. What did I have to eat? I went to Five Guys Burgers and Fries. I I got for the first time. This isn't the first time I've been there, but the first time I tried to do this was a bacon cheeseburger with the works, everything on it. I uh, gotta say, it was a well-contained mess, and I mean that in a good complimentary way. I I enjoyed it. I will say it's not something I'm gonna do again. Probably I'll probably scale it back to my normal because you're just getting like blitzed by all these things and it's just like oh man I, I really can't even to like split these flavors up in my mouth um it's just a lot and plus the burger just falls apart you're just you're very quickly scooping it with your hands just pieces of burger and putting it in your mouth i have no problem with that i'm totally down to get hasselhoff on a burger just start off just messy wessy whatever but um yeah all in all a really good meal i gotta say though I got to start fighting for my right a little bit more. Um, I had said Cajun fries and the cashier put in normal fries. And I should have just said, hey, can you just make these Cajun fries? Can you just put a little on there? And I just didn't because I didn't want to be a hassle. Um, but I know I got to, I got to, I got to, I don't know, stand my ground. I don't know what it is. <laughs> not stand your ground. That ain't it. That's definitely not it. Um, but uh, overall, the, I mean, the normal fries are still good. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was an L. It was still a good meal. But uh, that's the food corner. Over, overall, we're, we're in good spirits. I, I would say I'm in a good mood. It's been a good weekend. No, no problems, no hassles. So I'll take it. Um, let's get into some news. Definitely some things going on. Uh, from Yahoo News and the Associated Press, Peru's president ousted by Congress in political crisis. So, uh, pretty much a coup, a potential coup went down, um, in, you know, Peru, uh, let's see, Pedro Castillo essentially was in the process of more or less getting impeached, like, the investigation against him was just going really badly, uh, Congress was essentially saying, hey, I think we're going to have to, you know, take action, and essentially Castillo said, mm, I think I'm going to take action. And he tried to dissolve Congress, which is a move that you're in the realms to do as a president. But you're only really allowed to do that if what Congress is doing is so unlawful, so egregious that the president has to step in and take over temporarily to maintain power and a transition of things in Congress that so things are, you know, OK. He's just doing that, though, to stop himself from, you know, losing power and potentially going to jail. Because um, he's on the hook for, you know, some corruption charges. And that's never good. Now, granted, it's not super uncommon. I mean, we're actually going to get into that in, in another story that came up this week. But, I mean, definitely to try to, to take power so boldly, so nakedly... Uh, was definitely not a good call. And Congress, before being dissolved, said, no, we are going to move to have you arrested. And 
essentially um, the law and everyone more or less sided with Congress and Castillo was replaced by his vice president, Dina Boluarte. We tried. Sorry. Um, And she's actually the first female leader in history of the Republic. Um, But this was after hours of wrangling between the legislature and the departing president who tried to prevent an impeachment vote. So... You know, Castillo really tried to put the brakes on this whole thing because he's like, no, I'm not going to face the music here. And uh, I mean, sadly, I mean, I don't want to say sadly. It's just it's sad when you see a situation unfold like this. It's not sad that he's going to be facing, you know, his crimes. Um, that's just crazy, though. Like, I, I guess couldn't have like these, these are the kind of things I just hear about in like history way back when type b and just to know this is happening like you know this year 2022 like just motherfucking coups multiple coups this year it's crazy it's crazy um but yeah uh Boluarte is a 60 year old lawyer um i mean i don't know how well received she's going to be in peru uh, i mean essentially too because you're still a part of this party um uh, and to be honest, obviously I, my vision on Peru is not that vast, not that deep. I don't know too much. Um, let's see what else did I want to really hit here from this article before we move on. There is a lot to cover today. Um, this was something in terms of like Castillo's power grab. Obviously this wasn't cool, you know, abroad internationally. Um, was it United States ambassador, Lisa Kenna called on Castillo via Twitter to reverse his decree to dissolve Congress, saying the U.S. government rejected any extra constitutional actions by the president to interfere with Congress. So, you know, it's not a good call when, you know, America's not backing you. <laughs> um, and I only mean that not because it's like a good or bad thing, but just mean like, yeah, they don't have your you don't have their support on this boss. So you're definitely not going to get any traction on what you want here. Um, you know, I, I'd have to think like, even just going back to Bolsonaro, like there's a reason he didn't chirp up until like way after the fact, way too late. Like, oh no, we should do like some, uh, recounts, like, because you know, you don't have the backing and when you don't have the backing, you shouldn't make the move. Uh, Castillo definitely tried to say, Hey, I'm just going to force my hand. I'm going to try to cross the Rubicon and it didn't work out for him. Um, I'm really trying to make a longer story short here. <laughs> um, you know, they definitely have some more context and more details in the article if you'd like to look at it. Um, but in Argentina, also another Yahoo News Associated Press uh, article, Argentina's Vice President Fernandez guilty of $1 billion in fraud and gets six years. So uh, it's not been a good year for Christina uh, Fernandez. Earlier in the podcast, we've discussed there was a situation that took place where she was almost assassinated. Someone pulled out a gun point blank and pulled the trigger and it just didn't fire. And, you know, she's in the middle of like kind of making rounds outside of her apartment. And I mean, she's literally could have died that day. So, I mean, she's blessed in that regard. But... Um, 
let's see, Tuesday, she was sentenced to six years in prison and a lifetime ban from holding public office for a fraud scheme that embezzled $1 billion through public works projects uh, during her presidency. Now, um, she's saying that she's not going to run again. And of course, you think, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like she's, you know, you know, getting arrested, yada, yada. But right now, she's technically in the phase of doing appeals, which is something that's going to take years. It's going to have to go all the way up through um, Argentina's Supreme Court. So it's going to take some time. Um, but essentially, in that time, she could run again for, you know, a presidency, you know, an office seat and be okay. Um, she has, you know, gone on her YouTube and said, no, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, it's seemingly at least, you know, mentioned in this article, like, well, you know, she's kind of known for surprises. She could definitely just kind of be saying this. People could implore her to say, hey, no, you should run again. You should, you know, make the effort. And she might be like, okay, all right. And, you know, not to get historical, but that is a very common thing in history and leadership. It's like, you got to make sure that you're not playing it on the nose. Like, you shouldn't be too too eager. And even in these trying times, potentially, it could just be a ploy. Like, yeah. Um, but, I mean, hey, you could just also take her out of word. You know, 69-year-old, also nice. Um, you know, she's a person who definitely plays to the people. And maybe she is just saying, you know what, hey, I'm 69 years old. Um, I'm going to fight this up until appeals. And then if, if I really have to go to jail, then I'm going to go to jail. But um, uh, who knows? I mean, we'll definitely see. I'll definitely keep you posted. Uh, I thought really the assassination attempt was just going to be about it. And it's crazy, too, that um, I've noticed in a lot of the coverage, they didn't mention that, um, the assassination thing. Uh, usually, I feel like a lot of flow of articles is to go through what a person's going through or what the situation is and then do a callback to something that's happened, um, you know, to kind of say, like, hey, this is kind of like uh, not the first time we've been here, not the first time we talked about X, Y, or Z thing. Um, what have you, and just really just saying like, oh, no, she's just on the hook for all this shit, and, um, you know, she can kind of drag it out and appeal. She could potentially make it run again, but we'll see. But it's like, you're not going to talk about that? Her getting potentially blown up? I don't know. Um, maybe that's just me being weird. Maybe that's just exclusive podcast connections you're only going to get here at Isaiah's Newsstand. Um, but in some other news, I got this from The Insider. Sonny Bawani, Bawani, Sonny Bawani, Elizabeth Holmes' right-hand man at Theranos, has been sentenced to nearly 13 years in prison. Now, that is a little bit more time than um, Elizabeth Holmes herself. She was sentenced to just over about 11 years. Um, also, he's going to have three years of probation, and they haven't worked out his uh, financial restitution yet. That's yet to be determined. Um, it, it is, though, something that even though he was the right-hand man, that he's getting more time, um, especially in the situation where I, it seemed like he was the first person to kind of get ahead of things when everything was hitting the fan and, you know, was on the stand saying, well, this is all her fault. Um, Holmes countered with saying, like, hey, she was kind of wrapped up and they had, like, dated as well. Granted, when they initially met, she was 18 to his 37, but they didn't wind up together until the Theranos project, I believe. So, um, you know, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the whole 
scheme. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, we can say it now. It was definitely fraud um, in terms of the one drop test that they had set up, um, you know, potentially do all these diagnosing. It winds up not able to do any of that. And they do a lot to more or less just suppress that information. Um, and meanwhile, people are getting bad diagnoses. Diagnoses. And um, so, I mean, I, I definitely am okay with these guys getting solid time in jail. Um, but, I mean, they definitely were trying to winnow that down as much as they could. I think they said they wanted him to have, like, 10 months, like, house arrest or some shit. Like, nah, dude. Like, this guy's got to go to jail. <laughs> this guy has to go to jail as well, if not for a little bit longer. So, uh, one, cover that. Um, put another footnote there. Uh, let's see from the Los Angeles times coworkers of cop who killed three in California took items from his home before official search. So, uh, this is about a Virginia, a Virginia deputy, <clears throat> Austin Lee Edwards, no relation. Got to definitely say that, uh, had this article. Um, also yet again, um, Sad that another, you know, a young girl is involved in a, another situation where, um, I mean, I don't know if this actually got to the point of any, like, physical abuse. I don't think so. I think it all kind of unfolds the way the story goes uh, for that gets, gets into place. But definitely a lot of mental trauma, a lot of emotional trauma. Uh, but essentially, this man um, was pretending to be a 17-year-old. And, um, he was also, like I said, a Virginia deputy, a recently hired one at that, but, um, he drives over to where this girl lives and he winds up killing the three residents who live there and then takes the girl and then is later involved in a shootout with cops, um, and they say, like, oh, he died in the shootout. But then, I guess, amongst further, like, investigation or, like, a coroner's report, what have you, um, essentially, they're like, no, he killed himself in the process. So, I mean, obviously, that's sad. The girl was unharmed in that process, but obviously, she was there for it all. So, that's that's really fucked up. But the the, the story here, the main takeaway of this article is that how the... Um, I believe it is the Washington County yeah, Sheriff's deputies conducted themselves in, in the whole process of the investigation, you know, right after the events. Uh, before there was an, a, a, you know, an, an official search warrant, they were on the premises and they wind up, there's two officers um, and there's a witness who, you know, has said this information, but Los Angeles Times is hiding their um, identities. Uh, identity maybe i don't think they're multiple people but um essentially they're saying they saw him at this home the windows are all blacked out but they saw them walk out with like a black like a black bag and then they also wound up taking the um uh, edwards's car so it's just really odd that you're there. You have no real reason to be there. Like, there are situations where cops can go into a place without a warrant, but there was no reason for them to do that. Especially they weren't the the Virginia deputies 
they weren't notified, like their offices weren't notified, and they are the ones in charge of the investigation. So it's really suspect and very odd that that has happened. Um, and, and you'd have to wonder, what is there to cover up in a situation where you have a dirty cop like that? You have a bad... It's it's a bad cop, like just period. It's an evil person, so that obviously bad cop just comes with the territory, right? But um, trying to think what else I wanted to really cover here and hit. Um, do 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 do. Um, he did resign. Okay, let me let me just run through his tenure. Edwards' tenure as a police officer was brief. He entered the Virginia State Police Academy. On July 6, 2021, and after he graduated on January 21st um, of this year, he was assigned to Henrico County in the Richmond Division. He resigned from Virginia State Police on October 28th. A Virginia State Police spokesman told the Times on Wednesday that human error and agency background check processes led to Edwards' hiring. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it definitely shows uh, just a weird investigation by other outside forces that really shouldn't be involved in an investigation. I don't really like that part. Obviously, it shows that, like, you really see holes and flaws if you're able to get cops like this on the on the payroll. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what there would be to fix that as an issue. Uh, how do you, how do you stop a guy like this from getting on to the police force? But it, it's it's a scary thing because these are all people who have like licenses to kill, pretty much, um, and they're supposed to be protecting us, um, helping us in our darkest times. Um, so, I mean, mm, I don't know. Something to chew about. Chew over? I don't know. I'm going to have a sip of water. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> this is, um, an article that popped into my newsfeed, actually, I think, today. Um, also from Yahoo News, Associated Press, you already know. I keep it, I keep it, I keep it consistent uh arizona governor ducey i'm pretty sure i'm pronouncing that right it's not douchey uh arizona governor ducey stacks containers on border at term's end so uh this is one of those cute little things that um you know politicians like to do um, either to gain votes or to kind of go off with a dramatic send-off so that people really like say, yeah, my guy did it. My, my, my governor, my mayor, my, my senator, my whoever, whatever. Um, and in this conservative situation in Arizona, um, migration, you know, illegal migration is a big hot button issue. And, Essentially, the way Ducey decided to press the button here was he said, hey, I'm going to step up where Biden is um, is not not um, I don't know, showing up. I couldn't I couldn't think of something jazzy there. <laughs> but essentially, 
he decided that he was going to bring, I think it's around 130 shipping containers. I might be wrong on that number that I'm plucking here. Um, here, I can just read a quote. He said it better than I ever could, of course. He's also a poet. Arizona is going to do the job that Joe Biden refuses to do. Secure the border any in any way we can. Um, so, I mean, yeah. We're not backing down. We're not backing down. We're stacking up. We're stacking up, brother. So, there, the, so picture this. Just a row of a, a literal wall of shipping containers that you are trying to use as an actual border for human beings. Um, mind you, there's not enough containers to do the job. So there are literal holes that people can get through. And there's also just places you couldn't put it because it just wouldn't work. Like it, this container won't, will slope. It's, it's on a slope. We just can't do it. It won't sit there. Um, also, this is something that's got environmentalists in a rut because it's going through forests. It's going like through rivers and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a problem. It's an issue. It's not doing anyone any favors. Um, but he made this attempt to kind of just put the middle finger up to the Biden administration and to show his, his people, his constituents that he was doing something. Um, can't say that it's doing anything of note, but, um, cool. Yeah. 130, um, of the containers covering about 3,800 feet or about 1,160 meters for those international listeners. Um, but it's, it's just doing a lot of damage. It's fucking up a lot of shit. And it's a shame that people don't take this shit into account. Um, I believe Katie Hobbs is going to be the replacement. Um, which is also, it's, it's important because this is a position that Carrie Lake was running for. And I just personally didn't like fucking Carrie Lake. And don't get me wrong, she's not technically out of the scene. She's like suing and saying, ah, it was illegal. This wasn't done by the Constitution. Okay, 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 Carrie. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, here we are. Thank God that at least Hobbs is going to say, hey, I'm going to try to do something about it. Now, granted, what exactly is going to be done? I don't know. Um, there's been talks that she might try to, like, convert this into kind of, like, housing for the homeless. And uh, that kind of sounds murky. That kind of sounds like a Hoboville solution. So I don't know. But um, I definitely hope that there is a dismantling of this. Um, because you just definitely don't want to fuck up the world. You don't want to fuck up the environment, literally. Over something that, like I said, it doesn't even accomplish what it sets out to do, which is always a big flaw, in my opinion. Um, big, uh, big no-no. <laughs> All right, um, we got one more thing to cover, so you know what that means. We got to ring the bell. We got to hit the brake. Yummy. All right. All right. Um, the last thing we got is um, from CNN. Amid public outcry, San Francisco officials reverse course and reject uh, police use of robots to kill. Uh, police use of robots to kill. Sorry, I don't know. I felt like I said that weird. <clears throat> <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> so this is good news. I wanted to end on a good note. Um, we had recently covered San Francisco approving these robots that, you know, more or less by their description, were only going to be used in very specific situations to save cops, to potentially reduce loss, and um, they were just going to be there for everyone's protection and make things a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, when they were pressed about it, they're like, what are you going to do with these robots potentially? Like, what what are these potential cases? Like, how is it going to go? And, I mean, essentially they were like, oh, I mean, yeah, this robot could potentially, you could strap a bomb on it and then just roll it in. Um you could put a gun on it. Uh, the the version I had saw, and I was able to finally post, it wasn't a dog. It's honestly even worse. It's like a battle bot thing, but even, like, more menacing. Um, it has, like, this mount arm that kind of can go up and down. Um, it's got, like, a lot of uh, tread and traction, almost like a, a tank bottom. Um, it has, like, two mounted, but it looks like are guns. Um, I mean, I'm not sure, but it, it, it's menacing. It's, it's, it's treading menacingly. Um, if they're rolling that on your hallway, it's over for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They've probably strapped a bomb to it and, uh, it's going to make it and you won't. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm honestly glad that San Francisco said, you know what? We are protesting. We're hitting the streets about this because we don't want it. We don't want the iRobot. We're not here for it. Please don't Skynet us. Like we're just not in the mood. Um, I would definitely say I, I love to plug other podcasts that I listen to and, uh, take a lot of inspiration from, and Truanon actually did an episode about this. It was called Program to Kill, and, um, they covered it, like, right after they actually, um, had came out and said no, and they reversed the decision, and, um, they kind of go into the, the history of a killer robot. And um, it's really interesting to kind of see where it came from and now where it's at. And really, more importantly, what they're capable of. Because it doesn't take much. And I'm not saying this is... We're, we're going on a tangent here. This isn't the San Francisco robot. But it doesn't take much to give a robot autonomy. And, like, when you're getting to that point... I don't really give a fuck about the AI conversation. I know it's cute to talk about when it's like, oh, we're doing artistic drawings or we're doing like, um, you know, AI chat and all that. But when you're actually talking about like, hey, if I plug in a bunch of algo algorithm bullshit into this robot and I put it out in the field strapped with a fucking weapon, I've essentially made RoboCop. I've made the, and I don't mean the old RoboCop. I'm talking Netflix RoboCop, uh, that one, those ones. I've made the uh, Tekken jackpot. That's Tekken. I just said Tekken again. I'm sorry. You know I'm in the weeds here. But um, it's it's a scary notion that you, we realize that we're not far from that that problem. That like you really could just have robots patrolling the streets, um, doing what what they will uh, to quote unquote protect us. Um, now I'm not going to lie. I, I, I have a uh, utopian dreams of like robots just taking care of us. And like, we're, we're hopping in our cars and they're driving us and chatting us up. And I would love that. I would love that. Um, actually I would say my question to the audience is what is your favorite robot? My favorite robot actually is Rosie from the Jetsons. 
Um, I'm not going to elaborate, but I'm a fan of her. I like her. <laughs> um, I'm going to close it on that note, though. I thank you so much for tuning in. You've been a real pal and a friend and a true companion. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah. Thank you.